prepare to experience the strongest radio allowable by law. Secrets will be revealed. Myths dispelled. From the studio gym where excuses never apply. It's Superhuman Radio with your host, Carl Lenore. Welcome back to another episode of Superhuman Radio, the longest-running health, fitness, and anti-aging podcast in the world. And that's because of every one of you who tune in uh, week after week and make it possible. Today is February 13th, 2020. For those of you listening to this show 100 years from now and realizing how smart our audience was. And uh, we have to thank our title sponsor, Legendary Foods. Legendary Foods has introduced the Tasty Pastry. They're out of stock. But if you want more, you're going to have to get on a waiting list. If you go to our website and click one of the banner ads for the Tasty Pastry, uh, you'll be able to enter your information and be notified immediately as, as soon as they're available again. And I know they're getting a bunch of them uh, any day now. The Tasty Pastry took the Pop-Tart to a whole new level. Nine grams of protein, less than one gram of sugar, four impact carbs. But they actually taste better than Pop-Tarts. Uh, go to eatlegendary.com to learn more. And, of course, click the banner ad on my website, superhumanradio.net, and get on the list. So when they run out again, you still have yours like I do. I eat one every day. They're delicious. I look forward to them. In fact, I toast them, and then I put Halo Top ice cream on top of them. And uh, I feel like I'm eating crap, but I'm not. <laughs> it's a wonderful thing. All right, so uh, my guest today is none other than Keith Norris, my old friend. How you doing, Keith? Carl, I am rocking and rolling, brother. I just got back from the gym myself, did some heavy good mornings this morning, so I'm ready to rock and roll, man. How old are you now, Keith? 55. God bless you. You look great, man. You're aging very, very well. Very, very Thank well. you. Thank you. I, I feel so, like I'm 25. So uh, were you, a, were you a, an upstart when you were young? Were you, a, you know, kind of uh, edge on the edge, living on the edge, or were you pretty much a good good person uh, your whole life? No. No. You just asked me. <laughs> You no, just, no, <laughs> no! You just ask my parents. I put them through the ringer. Hell no! Yeah, okay. I was a problem child for a long period of time. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Just curious. I, I just don't want to be the only one. <laughs> so anyway, uh, ten years ago, you came up with this idea, and it's become so much more than I think you even envisioned yeah. it to be. But you came up with this idea that you 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 were part of corporate America, grinding away, living the dream doing the family thing, and then what happened? You said to yourself, I'm not crazy about what I'm doing, and the reality is I think I can help a lot of people if I follow a new path. Is that what happened? Yes. Yeah, so what happened, Carl, was I was, uh, I was employed by Big Pharma. I was a liaison between the pharmaceutical manufacturer and the FDA, and I played the whole smoke and mirrors game for many, many years. Really? And I didn't know that. Right. And I became very, very disenchanted by doing that um, because, you know, you rise to a certain level within corporate America and you get to see things that not everybody else sees. Right. You get you get a, a more peek behind the behind the curtain. You see what Oz is up to. And when I went into big pharma out of the military, when I was still I think I was like 27 years old at that time, um, I thought I was doing humanity a service, right? right? What better way to, to, uh, to help humanity, A, and B, make some bank? 
because I was all about making some money too. You gotta, when you're a young man, you gotta be. You want to you, you yeah. have a family. You want your children to right. have a good life. You want to put them on your shoulders so their trajectory is better. Right. That's what men do. Right. Right. And so this was a win-win for me at that time. And I hit the ground running. I did everything I could. I'm a uh, type A personality as it is anyway. Um, and I rose very quickly through the ranks until I reached this position. And again, got to got to see, it, for instance, where's the R&D money going? Um, I got to see how big pharma attacks the diabetes epidemic. Right. And for them, it is not about food and exercise it is all about interventions, pharmaceutical interventions. And I thought, well, damn, that's stupid because we can fix this. <laughs> we well, can fix okay, this okay. epidemic. Th- this is good. Time. I, I want to stick with this yeah. for a second, right? So people think diabetes, type 2 diabetes is a disease. It's not. It's a condition that yes. you have to work very hard and be consistent day in and day out, probably for decades or maybe a decade, to give it to yourself, number one. Right. So when a doctor sees your blood sugar climbing, now it's like 100, 115. They don't they don't offer you any advice on how to stop. But once it goes past 125, then they say, okay, you're going to have to take metformin. Just right. imagine if doctors said to their patients the way they tell them about other things, your blood sugar is rising. This is completely in your control to change. You got to move more. And you got to eat less refined carbohydrates, switch right. to vegetables, blah, blah, blah. That, that discussion doesn't happen. And, I, and you and I both know that both in university and in private practice, pharmaceutical industry creates the dialogue between the doctor and the patient. Absolutely. They control the dialogue. They control the training. Right. That's who. Right. They and so, out, they outfit the labs. When you're a doctor in school, right. the labs are Merck. Merck. Merck donated this. Merck donated that. Right. And so, Carl, when you look at how this situation is set up, you have big food and big pharma controlling the entire conversation. Now, it's in big food's interest to get you to eat as much crap as possible. Right. Right. That's what they do. Crap is profitable. Crap is profitable, and the more you eat, the better. So they manufacture these foods to be hyper-palatable so that you can't quit. They know every button to push to get you to eat more. And here it is, folks. Salt, fat, sugar. You make a food with those three things in it, and people crave it. Right. You can't help it. Right. I mean, the old, the old Lay's adage, you can't eat just one. You're damn right you can't eat uh, just one. There's a one. reason, yeah. It's that way. Yeah. 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 Right. And, and on the other side, do you think Big Pharma is going to recommend that you move and eat less crap? No, that's there's no profit in that. Zero. So you have this unholy alliance that just keeps spinning and spinning and spinning until we have the diabetes epidemic that we have right now. Now, who profits off of that? Big Pharma. Right, you have a lifelong customer at that point. That is the holy grail of any entity—a lifelong customer. Right? If you get them in their twenties and you keep them through their seventies, that's big money. Big money. I mean, that—that that is- that, you know what? The reality is that pharmaceutical drugs probably outperform mortgages in portfolios. <laughs> yeah, and let me tell you, big pharma is big business. Now the. There's a lot of problems with that, both personally for each individual out there, but America as a whole, worldwide as a whole, 
the same rise in diabetes is happening in China. It's happening in Europe. It's happening in South America. Uh, who's paying for all of that? Right. Eventually, I don't, I don't care what model you look at for health care. None of them can sustain that. Well, in None. fact, in fact, uh, I'm going to throw something out there, and, and you may not agree, and that's fine. But I'm under the impression from watching tra- the trajectory of illness in our country, the trajectory of obesity in our country. And diabetes is the number one killer. It's not heart disease because you don't get heart disease until you get diabetes. But right. with, with that being said, I, I, would, I, I would offer that the crushing weight of loss of production and expense related to the diseases of modernity are a greater threat to the sovereignty of our country than pick two things, climate change and terrorism. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And this this is ominous and it's hanging over our heads. Right. And we've seen we've seen some little quakes. Right. You saw what happened to Detroit uh, a few years ago. Right. Where they went into insolvency. Why did they go into insolvency? Largely because they could not handle the rising health co- the health care. Right. Bills for their. Right. That's the canary in the coal mine. Right. This is coming down the pike very, very quickly. You just can't pay for it. You can't you can't pay for it. And, and why aren't more politicians vocal about this? Because, folks, you know, the analogy I used to use years ago, you and I are almost the same age. Do you remember the uh, black and white um, cartoons that had no dialogue? They had banjo music in the background. The cat mm. and the mouse were running around. Mm-hmm. And the cat's in the boat. The mouse pulls the cork out of the bottom of the boat. The cat starts bailing water with the little can that's in the boat. And then when he realizes that it's inevitable, he looks at the camera and puts his hands up and he sinks. That's exactly the situation we have. We're talking about throwing more money on health care. That's just a can to bail the boat. We haven't plugged the hole to stop the water from coming in. Until we do that, this is an exercise in futility. We, uh, I don't know when. Maybe it's 12 years when the world is going to end. Maybe it's 30 years. But at some point in time, the number of sick people is going to be so overwhelming that the number of healthy people will not be able to work hard enough and give all yep. their tax dollars to keep yep. them healthy, uh, to, 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 to take care of them anymore. And that's when you know the, 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 the car loses six of the eight cylinders. It just starts sliding back down the hill. Carl, it's just a... Uh, it- what it is right now is we collectively as a society, as much as you and I can rail against this and as much as paleo effects can rail against this, the larger portion of society is sticking their heads in the sand. And that includes politicians who, by the way, are largely paid off by big pharma. Right. Exactly. So they're not going to bring it up. No. Right. This is just it's a huge unholy alliance that just is spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning. And I've made the argument that it's probably the last profitable triangle that we have you kick the legs out of one of those and the economy collapses right and that and 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 i've even said uh you know big pharma and uh health care in general and politics they are like conjoined twins that share a heart one of them has to die in order to fix the problem and neither one of them want to die so they're just they just want to go on the way they are so you decided i'm going to do something i'm going to create an entity, an organization to help 
um, educate people about the realities of taking control of their own health and not becoming part of that paradigm. But I got to believe in the first couple of years you were banging your head against the wall because is it my imagination or people don't want responsibility? They don't want to know that they can reverse their own diabetes. And, the, and that is, that's a huge portion of it, right? So 10 years ago when Michelle and I came up with that, this idea and Michelle, by the way, was in corporate America along with me. She was, she happened to work for an entity that, uh, that built new Starbucks up and down the East Coast. She really? was a project manager. Yeah. yeah. So, so we were both in that world, and we were rolling. We were living the American dream: big house, big cars, kids in the best schools. You know the whole, the whole thing. Right. Um, around two thousand five or so, we started to wake up and go. You know why we have everything, every material thing we could ever want. Why are we so unhappy? Mm-hmm. Right. And this was the first awakening for us. Why? Why are we so unhappy? And we started digging into that and, and trying to figure it out. And we're like, well, we are both working for entities that we don't believe in. I mean, this is a, a, a serious um, cognitive dissonance with us. And so we're going to have to find a way out. So we, we decided at that time to figure out a way to exit out of corporate America. To what? We didn't know. But we were going to exit out. Uh, long story short, 2008 happened. The 2008 housing crisis Every, all of our quote unquote fuck you money was tied up in real estate at that time. That was our that was our exit plan. That evaporated wow. almost overnight. Um, at the that same had, time, that had to be that, that had to be crushing to you, right? Because you didn't was, you weren't already building a boat to get on. You were just you thought you had your boat, and then it literally just yep. disappeared before your eyes. Yeah, it evaporated, and that's a whole other story about what kind of distrust that bred in us about the system, <laughs> right? So, right. so, and, and we had already survived the uh, the two thousand dot com crash because we were quote unquote smart enough to be heavily invested in real estate, right? So, we, and then look, um, right? And then look, right? So we were so the, the system for us was a lie, and we have a panel at Paleo FX. It's just that every year the system is a lie. Right. And, and kind of taking a, a, a different view on this with the idea being that um, that you are your own best investment. You yeah. because you are the one that's going to operate under under all circumstances. And you, 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 are you, you know, you will show up for work every day. You know that you right. will get the job done. You well, as soon right. as you start delegating those types of things out, you start to risk being held hostage by other right. things and people. Right including your health. Right. And this is what our society does right now. They, they outsource their health to the authorities. Well, then we get back into who are the authorities answering to? Big pharma, big food. It's, I mean, the whole, the whole chain goes on. Um, anyway, during this time, we were, we were exiting out. We didn't know into, to what, but we, we knew what we weren't going to do any longer. And so we were, we were planning our exit strategy. In 2009, we lost a daughter to an auto accident. Mm. That was obviously devastating. Very sober, uh, right? Right. So she was 22 at the time. She was three days before her 23rd birthday, a week before her college graduation. It was it, it was a horrible time for both of us. Um, long story short, we decided we are still on this path because what would Brittany want us to do? Turn tail and go back to doing what we didn't want to do just to make money. Or would she rather us chase our dreams, right. take a chance, roll the dice, chase our dreams? Uh, so we decided to chase our dreams. Um, 
we got out. I opened gyms in um, in Austin, Texas, and mm-hmm. she is a chef, so she created a catering company, and we were off and running. We bootstrapped our way from near bankruptcy, bootstrapped our way back up to, okay, we're making it. We got Sorry. this. Right. We're making it. Um, in 2011, we went to the initial Ancestral Health Society Summit that was in uh, it was in California that year at UCLA, and went to that show. Very very academic show as it should have been. These are where papers are, are released out into the public, and we thought, um, you know, that was an excellent show. But, but what what could have been better about that show? What could they have done different? That yeah, we yeah, because, because really what they did was there was a firewall between average people and intellectuals. Exactly. So the intellectuals were embraced. Those who had uh, positions in in this silo already, they were embraced. But the average person was probably intimidated to even show up when they realized right. what was being, oh, that's not for me. Uh, so you, you had to make it, in order to actually have an effect on changing people, you had to make it embrace the average person. Exactly. And so Michelle and I were on the uh, on a Southwest Airlines flight, and we were sitting on the tarmac at LAX getting ready to come back to Austin, and we thought – what could be done about this show to make it different and more relevant to the, to the, you know, even an educated lay person. Right. right. And uh, on the back of a napkin, we started jotting down ideas and what that would look like. And in our minds, we were thinking, Michelle and I, who are we going to hand this off to and let them run with? And we thought, nobody, well, nobody, nobody. So, yeah. And so we, by the time we got back to Austin, we had a rudimentary business plan literally on the back of a Southwest airlines napkin. We ran with it. Six months later, we had our first show. Um, we drew, um, and, and by the way, we intended it to be a mastermind with about 100, 150 people. That quickly turned into almost 800 people, so we had to scramble to find a venue. Um, and that was that was the first show, 2012. We had 50 speakers, about 800 attendees. Last year, by way of comparison, we had over 8,000 attendees. Um, 120 speakers and about 240 vendors, sponsors. And this thing has grown exponentially. And it's because we are co-creating with the attendees and the speakers and the vendors in the spot as we go along. We are not dictating from on high what should be. We are actually in a process of co-creation with everybody. Right. Right, right, and, Which is, and so that's actually a better way to create something, anyway. Right. So, right. so real quick for those who may be tuning out shortly or something like that, um, this is the tenth year. Where will it be this year? Austin, Texas, the twenty fourth through the twenty sixth of April. And what is the venue? It's the Palmer Event Center, which is a beautiful venue just south of, south of downtown Austin. It's right on the other side of the river, right on the south side of the river from downtown. In fact, you can see the Capitol from. From the Palmer Event Center. And people listening to the show who want to go this year, you can save 30% off any of the badges. They have several different levels of, of uh, participation. If you use the code SUPERHUMANRADIO30, you'll get 30% off, which is a fantastic. I, I There are people in my audience that say they've been there every year since its inception. There are people in my audience that say they've been here the last seven years. I think Lynn Wright messaged me when she saw I was doing this show today with you, and she said, I think she's been there seven years in a row or six years in a row. And people keep coming back because every year they learn new stuff. They learn. Right. You know, I almost think paleo is too narrow of uh, a silo for what you guys do there. I mean, it's physical culture. 
It's diet. It's uh, therapies. Uh, it, it's just become so much more. Carl, it's, we say it's a human optimization event, and it really is. Now, a couple of years ago, we actually looked at rebranding just for that reason. We thought, well, the term paleos might be limiting us, might be hamstringing yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, and we got, you know, we talked to uh, branding experts and to an expert. They told us, if you walk away from this term right now, you are crazy. Yeah. You, you own the term now. You get to define the term. Now get to work defining the term. So t- tell people tell tell people where the term comes from. We all know what paleo is, but what does the f, right. the f parenthetic x mean? Uh, functional. So this oh. was a, this was a bit of uh, this was a bit of uh, brainstorming when we were initially trying to come up with a brand, right? And we thought, well, what are we doing here? We're actually we're actually taking the theory paleo, but we want to make it rubber meets the road. What is that? That's kind of functional, and when we started playing with functional. And I thought, being a liberal arts major, somewhere in the back of my pea brain, uh, <laughs> university statistics, I remembered it, it, somehow that came up and just bubbled into my conscience. The F parenthetically X, right. Right, right. And I just spit it out there and we all kind of laughed at it. But then we looked at it, you know, you're going over it and going over it. And we're like, well, that's kind of catchy. It makes people ask exactly that. What is that? Yeah. And it, it, it's catchy. And it, and, and it just stuck. So that's what the, you know, FX functional, functional paleo. And that's, that's what we are. And we look at, when I say human optimization, we look at seven pillars. So that would be physical, emotional, mental, uh, spiritual, financial. Yes, because that's part of your health, relational, you and me and tribal, our big Mm. tribe, what all of those are super, super important. And when you see, especially in my realm, I see high level entrepreneurs, who obviously have the financial side of it dialed in, but they train wreck because one of those other pillars is out of kilter. It's either health, it's emotional, it's they don't have any good solid relationships. So if you don't have all of those pillars optimized, you will run into a roadblock somewhere. Right. And so, and so at Paleo FX, we explore each and every one of those pillars, either with dedicated speakers or a panel talking about it. Right. And I would also say People come to Paleo FX for the tribe and the vibe. When like you that. walk up to that floor, Carl, it is like, I don't know if you've ever been to Burning Man, but there is a certain vibe at Burning Man. When you're out there on the playa, it is like, I don't know what this is, but this feels good. An I energy. Like it. an it's energy. an energy. Yeah. And, people, and I have had people go to other conferences all around the world, and they will come up to me and, and Michelle as well and go, I don't know what you guys did. But there is a vibe on this floor that you you can't you can't manufacture. It just has to come about and be organic. It's organic. It's an organic. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So right. so uh, before we take our first break, name some of the names of people that uh, listeners who attend will be able to listen to. Right. So Rob Wolf, Chris Kresser, uh, Ben Greenfield, uh, Mark Sisson, Stephen Gundry, uh, Jamie Wheel will be out this year. Um, some, someone, uh, so an interesting one for sure, James Fitzgerald, the winner of the first, uh, CrossFit open. The reason he is so relevant and important is because longevity in the sport. Mm-hmm. Is he still competing at a high level? No, but you should see this guy. He is still rocking and rolling. He has figured out a way to stay at a very, very high functional athletic level even past his competitive career. Right. And, and the list goes on and on and on. It'll be 100 and 
20-ish speakers again this year, all super high quality. And and for those who are listening, give an idea of what the, 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 the current costs of the badges are for the different attendee uh, uh, categories. And then, of course, they can apply 30, 30% uh, discount right. using the Superhuman Radio 30 coupon. Where, where does it start? Where does it end? Right. So you could start at the high end. It's a VIP level ticket, and that will set you back roughly $1,600. You drop down to a mid-tier. That's a premier badge. It'll set you back roughly $600. And then you can come in on the expo floor, which there is a hell of a lot going on on the expo floor. I'm just that, – that, that is not a, a uh, consolation. It's not a consolation, consolation yeah. at all. And that's about 147. And I say about because my marketing team handles all of, handles all of this. Right. And it, you don't want, yeah, you don't want to put your foot in your mouth. So what, what does somebody get for the VIP level entry? Access to every event, everything? Right. Yeah. Access to everything. Um, and and the, the big thing is front row seating for all of the talks. And there's five continuous stages that are going you will not be bored carl it, it is like drinking from a fire hose right i have right. never heard anybody say uh, i got bored at paleo effects right if we right. have if we have any negative feedback it's there's too much going on i can't take it all in which if that's the negative feedback i'll take it okay so uh, that that sure. begs a question so are you taping all of these events and do the vips have access to something that they can look at after the event is over um I don't know about that. We're still considering that, but yes, we tape the uh, we tape the um, keynote stage. But and that, that would stages. be uh, that would be great, right? right? Like like a guy like me, I have ADD when it comes to this kind of stuff. I want to be everywhere, but I can't. Uh, and so I would love to be able to like, get home and go, man. I wish I would have seen this lecture. Right. And because I paid for the VIP, I have a special place to go on the website where I can go watch that video. That would be right. cool. Yep. Yep. Be cool. Absolutely. And I think the big, most people who buy the VIP pass, they buy it for this because they have access to the same lounge that the speakers have access to. And so they get to co-mingle. They get to just have those impromptu conversations with Rob Wolf and Mark Sisson and, and Ben Greenfield and all of these guys, because when, when those guys go out on the expo floor, they're swamped. Right. Right now that they go out there a lot. Because they love interaction with the crowd, but to be able to to you know pull them off to the side and have a conversation with them, that's not going to happen. Impossible, right? Right. Yeah. But you can do that behind the scenes with them if you if you're a part of right. the VIP group. Right. Yeah, and that, that's uh, very cool. The VIP lounge is very very cool because there's all manner of uh, biohacking companies up there. You know the hyperbaric uh, lounges. Um, it, it just it, all kinds of cool toys up there to test drive. That's very very cool. I want yeah. to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, I want to talk about the human zoo, and here's why. Right. Uh, Randy Roach and I did a show around 2008 uh, called Humans in Captivity. We have this illusion that we are free, uh, but when you look at how humans are treated today uh, with, with laws and, and geographical uh, challenges and so on and so forth, we really, while we don't have cages around us, we really are uh, captive to a certain type of system that actually promotes diseases of modernity. I want right. to talk about the whole human zoo concept that you've uh, adapted to, okay? So we're talking with Keith Norris. The website is paleofx.com. If you use the coupon code superhumanradio30, you'll save 30% off, which is huge, regardless of what badge you get. That's a huge savings. Uh, check it out. We're going to take one quick commercial break. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. 
These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Growing older. Sadly, for many, it can mean losing your independence and trading your home with a lifetime of memories for a bed in a lonely nursing home. But now there's Rejuvent, the science to resist aging. Each of us has two ages, a physical age and a biological one. We can't slow our physical age, but thanks to our breakthrough and longevity research, you can now take control of your biological age with Rejuvent Life Tabs, powered by Life AKG. Life AKG is critical for powering cellular energy, supporting detoxification, preserving DNA integrity, and lowering sources of oxidative stress. And that can mean more vitality and stamina in the years to come. Backed by over 20 years of research, Rejuvent is the science you need to resist aging. Rejuvent Life Tabs. It's about life. It's about health. It's about time. Hey, this is Carl. To learn more and save 10% off, go to GetRejuvent.com. That's Get R-E-J-U-V-A-N-T dot com. Use the code SHR and get 10% off off your first order. Check it out. Redcon One is one of the fastest growing supplement companies in the world today. That's because they produce supplements that deliver on their promises. From their flagship pre-workout Total War to their innovative whole food MREs and bars. Now you can get the deepest discount ever offered to any audience anywhere. Use code SHR and get 25% off all Redcon One products today. SHR and 25% off. Go to redcon1.com. That's R-E-D-C-O-N, the number one, dot com. Do you remember those delicious toaster pastries you had when you were a kid? You know, the rectangular sugar-filled snacks? Well, guess what? Legendary Foods has just made low-carb toaster pastry. This is the first of its kind, and honestly, these things are amazing. They have three to four net carb, less than one gram of sugar, and nine grams of protein. You can eat them right out of the wrapper or lightly toast them. The only question is, which flavor? Strawberry or brown sugar cinnamon? They're available at eatlegendary.com and Amazon. Are you still on the fence about Body Protection Complex BPC Oral from DrSeeds.com? Listen to Maggie Kuhn, one of the owners of the C-Bus Lifting Company, Jim, in Columbus, Ohio. I had been having some nagging tendon issues that weren't injuries, just, just things that were annoying. You know, I'm 58 years old, so just older tendon kind of issues. For us powerlifters, you know, we really don't stop training when we have just nagging issues. We just kind of keep pushing through. And I started the BPC. What I noticed was... I was doing some heavy tricep stuff that um, that would have killed me um, before when I had an elbow problem, and I was able to do this with literally no pain at all. Go to drseeds.com, D-R-S-E-E-D-S.com. Use coupon code SHR and save 20% off your bottle of BPC Body Protection Complex today. You've heard about blood flow restriction training since 2006 on SHR, but you're still on the fence. Well, here's the push. BFR is more effective at building muscle than anabolic steroids. That's right. I went there. But it's because it's the truth. My experience with the Be Strong blood flow restriction system is proof to me. And now I'm asking myself why I waited so long. You'll see undeniable changes in the targeted muscles in days and weeks like nothing you've ever tried before. I will never stop using them. Give Be Strong a try. Go to BSTRONG.training forward slash super hyphen human and use code SHR for 10% off. 
If you haven't searched hydrogen water in PubMed yet, you must. Hydrogen-infused water possesses undeniable performance, health, and longevity benefits in the realm of real biohacking. Hydrogen water machines cost hundreds to thousands of dollars. Now you can have the strongest hydrogen-infused water conveniently anywhere you want it thanks to Drink HRW. They make the only legal and clinically validated formula to create hydrogen water instantly. I thought this stuff was BS till I started using it. The effects on my training and my gut are undeniable. I have more energy and I last longer without stims. You have to try Drink HRW Maximum Strength Hydrogen Water Tablets today. Go to h2waternow.com and use the code SHR for 10% off today. Your radio just got ripped. It's Superhuman Radio. Welcome back. We're talking with Keith Norris of Paleo FX fame about the upcoming event this year in Austin, Texas. Uh, I know a lot of people go to it. A lot of people love it. Uh, and like you said, it's like a family. Everybody gets together. Like-minded people tend to feed off of like-minded people. Magic happens, and that's what's going to happen again this year. And I think Elisa and I are planning on being there. It's in April, right? Oh, I'm sorry, Keith. I had your mic off. Please repeat. Sorry. I said both of you guys got to come. I'm yeah, telling I know. you, will I know. not regret it. I know. I know. Uh, and so, uh, you know what it is? I'm just, uh, I really, people, people realize how boring of a person I really am. <laughs> oh, you're not boring. I've, I've, uh, been out with you. <laughs> you're from boring. Well, I'm not boring once I have a couple of drinks, but other than that, I, I have a pretty boring lifestyle. I'm in bed by nine o'clock. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not the fun guy in the crowd, but with that being said, talk about the human zoo. What do you mean by that? When you talk about the, when you say, you know, breaking out of the human zoo. Right. Well, Carl, it was exactly what you said before we went on break, right? It's the, it's the idea that we are uh, free agents in operation. And that's probably the tightest bars around somebody who, is, who will be adamant and saying, no, I'm totally free. In fact, you're not. I mean, you are marketed to. You, you live in a society that, that is in an environment that is a manufactured environment. You have this 3,000-year-old chassis walking down in an in a modern environment that is anything but healthy. The food, the pollution, the uh, creature comforts, all of these things, right? And, and I think from the point of view from PaleoFX and from our, from our tribe is not that we want to go back to the cave and spear, right? That's not what we're about. Right. But we can certainly learn from those people, right? And we can try as best we can to integrate healthy practices within this modern atmosphere. Right. I mean, I, I love the fact that you and I can do this show right now on, on the computer. I and mean, it's a, it, it is amazing. And I know, I know. Millenn- millennials are probably listening to this going, oh my God, there's a couple of old guys talking. Yeah, right. Seriously. Right. The, the ability to transfer information in a snap like that is, I mean, it's mind boggling. And yet you spend too much time doing this. It's a detriment to your health. Right. right, you have to. This body was meant to move. Right, right. This, this body was meant to survive. It was meant to go through per- periodic uh, instances of stress. That's how it gets stronger, both in the immune system, the the physical body. All of it needs periodic instances of stress. And to the to the extent that we mitigate those stresses, thinking we're doing ourselves a solid, we're in fact not. Right, and there is a balance in that. And that same type of thinking goes to the educational system. Um, 
I, look at the way that we are so connected in one way via social media, yet we are so con- disconnected personally, right? Yeah. How, how can a someone, big problem today. Right, exactly. How can someone living in New York City feel alone? How does that happen? Right. Right, Be- right. because they've lost the ability to connect on a personal level. Right. And um, I don't know if you've read the book uh, Tribe by Sebastian Younger. I have not. Tell me about it. Excellent book. It talks about, um, for, from the most part, it talks about, and, and I experienced this when I was in the military. So you would go on deployment, right? And you're surrounded by guys who have your back. You have their back. It's life and death situation, right? All you can think about when you're on deployment is getting back home. That's the only thing that keeps you going. Right. Getting back home, getting back home. The second you get back home, you're not home for 24 hours and you're depressed. Right. And I thought, why am I depressed? I'm here with my family. This is what I waited eight months for. And the only thing in my mind is to get back on deployment. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is that about? Right. I think I'm we've, we've actually We've actually talked about that on the show. So I used to do right. a show with Nate Morrison, who has been deployed like 26 times. The guy was a career. He, he started out in paramilitary, then special ops, and all this other stuff. And we talked about what uh, traumatic uh, exposure really is to these guys. And it's not so much that they're traumatized by the hostility, uh, the killing, the warfare. But what happens is, so we, we, we talk about being in the zone all the time, right? Oh, the surfers, they're in the zone. Skaters, they're in the zone. Well, when 10 guys drop out of a helicopter in the middle of night and start moving through a field like wolves there's a there's a there's a there's a, 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 a an innate uh, part of us that is hearkened when we are literally like wolves killing and moving in unison and it's orchestrated and it's a zone it's another one of the zones that these guys get into they get into that zone the brain chemistry is just flying because we're talking about life or death on the right. edge. We're not talking about wiping out, you know, on a half pipe. And then they come home and they're working at the post office now, throwing boxes. Right. When six months ago, they were building a nation. They were destroying terrorists. They were, you know, they were do- driving, you know, $10 million machines. And now, all of a sudden, they're schlubs. They're, somebody's going, hey, you know, go get that package. Right. Once you open up those channels of your brain to this prehistoric drive, it's real hard to close them back up again. It is. And, it, it, and once, you, once you feel that feeling of being alive, which is what, what you just described, that's yes. the feeling of being alive, you come back to normal society, which has been gentrified and uh you know you've taken all the all the fear out of it for the most part you've you've just uh taken all the risk out of it that's essentially just uh, another type of prozac so late it's a I, complete letdown these poor guys right. that's why they, they they their family goes what do you mean you're gonna go back you know what right. i got i gotta go back right why because they need to feel that again it's almost right. like a drug it is it is um and for the normal person, Sebastian Younger also talks about, you know, uh, people in, uh, say, earthquake zones or hurricane zones, things like that, 
where there was a natural disaster and people had to come together, right? And you ask those people after the fact, what, at what period of your life did you feel most alive, connected, and part of a, a greater good? They will identify that period, which from the outside looking in would look like the absolute worst period of their lives. And it's not. It's amazing. And it's not. I know. They, I know. It's ama- yeah. and, and you know what? If people, if people understood this, if people were sensitive to this, then re-entry to the civilian world would be better for these guys because we would understand. You know, I have a FedEx driver. And he was in Kuwait. I don't look at him like I look at the average guy. Right. I know that this guy looks at life completely differently than I do, and not in a bad way. So right. I have to be sensitive to that. Just like you're sensitive to, you know, if some woman came up to you and says, well, I was raped as a young girl, you, you, and you're taking her out on a date, you're not going to make those moves on her like you would an average girl. You think, this girl right. i got to be sensitive to. But we don't treat the military like that. In fact, if anything... They come back to a population of people who hold them with great disdain, baby killers and murderers and all this sort of stuff. And it's like, it's really horrible what's done. What, what is the fact that we rely on these guys to keep us safe and free. But then when they come back, we treat them like garbage. Right. We should treat them. We should give them jobs that maybe they're not ready for. We should help them. Uh, reestablish their lives. We should do this because we do it for other people who fall into silos who don't deserve it. When these right. guys are out there literally dying or ready to die for us, I'm telling you, the more risk averse a society becomes, the more deadened and depressed it becomes. Mm-hmm. This is all part Very of the human zoo. It's all this is all part of the human zoo, right? And so, so the idea is um, number one to recognize that. Right. The foods you eat manufactured, the messaging you get from big pharma manufactured, the message you get from your doctor largely manufactured. Right. You have to navigate that. Now, Michelle just broke her ankle uh, a couple of months ago. Totally glad we had access to Western medicine. Right. But I do not go to those guys for lifestyle advice. Right. Hell no. They're not trained in it. They're just not trained in it. Can they set a bone with the best? Absolutely. So you take you take what is the Bruce Lee approach. You take what is good, discard what is not. Right. Right. And so um, Chris Ryan wrote an excellent book on this topic, too. It's called Civilized to Death. If you've ever. No, that's a great title. I'm, I'm, I'm making note. These right. are books I'll get. I'll pick up now. Yeah. Chris Ryan. It, now, Chris Ryan's. Um, I love Chris Ryan. I love the book. Um, after reading it, you might feel a bit depressed. Right. Because you think, well, there's no way out of this. There's no way out. The paleo effect stance is, yes, all of that's out there, and there is a way out. Right. The way out is, number one, you have got to take the red pill. You have got to wake up and see what's going on around you. Right. Right, and then you navigate as need be. So um, I want to ask you a couple questions and see what your position is so I can get a feel for what is going to be the position with paleo effects moving forward. Right. Just throw some terms at you, and you respond. Right. Uh, the vegan diet. Uh, not a fan. Um, and so here's the thing. We had Joel Kahn out last year who co- actually contacted Michelle and said, hey, um, what would you feel about having a prominent uh, vegan vegetarian at the show? And we said, absolutely. Come on out. Come on out and tell us what you think. Right. Tell, us, tell us what your position is. 
And uh, I actually moderated a panel with uh, Joe Kahn, and I had uh, Sean Baker and Sean Wells and um, Gabrielle Lyons. I don't know if you know any of I these do. Things. I do know Gabrielle Lyons. I just was but, reading some stuff. I'm actually going to try to have her on the show, actually. Oh, you absolutely should. Yeah, she's yeah. she's fantastic. If you, By the way, if you have any contact information for her, hit, just shoot it to me. I think I have it. I think okay. I reached out to her on Instagram, but I don't, I'm not sure. So I absolutely will. I okay. absolutely will. Okay. Um, and the first question I asked the panelists, I said, what is it that we can all agree on? Right? Let's not, let's yeah, not get into the nifty. What can we agree on? Right. right? Well, no surprise. Big pharma is rampant, out of control. Refined carbohydrates are good for nobody. Right? And we have an animal husbandry problem in this country. Confined animal, confined animal feeding operations. Yeah. The big industrial uh, well, uh, right. The, the, the antithesis of the small family farm raising your right. animals because the animals right. actually have pleasant lives until they're processed. Right. right. So, guess what? At the end of the day, we agreed on ninety percent. Now, what do we disagree on? We disagree on taking the the life of another sentient being for our own well being. Cool. Is that right. all we disagree on? Right. That's interesting. That's on, an interesting approach. Yeah, and we agree on ninety percent. Then why are we why are we focused on arguing on the ten percent? Well, and the, that- and the reality is, if you believe in uh, in evolutionary drivers, if you believe in ancestral uh, uh, impacts on us, there were periods of time where we probably did eat vegan because we didn't catch any animals for a while. We weren't going to just starve. Right. And so, if you really do believe something that I believe in is the uh, phasic nature of of human uh, right. diets. Right. And I'm actually thinking about going vegan for a couple weeks just because I feel like I, I, I my body is telling me maybe we should try this for a couple weeks. Right. And I don't and, and it's not like as though now would I go vegan for the rest of my life by choice? No, because I know right. there's bad, bad out potentially bad outcomes. But would I go vegan for a couple weeks three times a year? Yeah. Right, and would you fast at other times? Yes, I mean that was part of the human condition. Right. We weren't we weren't well fed one hundred percent of the time. Right, there were periods where we had to go through fasting, and there were periods where, it, let's face it, we are opportunistic eaters, evolutionary speaking. Right, we ate everything we could shove down our pie holes that didn't kill us first or <laughs> right. poison. And it killed a lot of us until we figured out, oh, don't eat those mushrooms. Right, Grog right. died when he ate those mushrooms. You know? Right, yeah. And so, and so when you look at it from that perspective, this is so diet resides on this spectrum, a wide spectrum. We, by the way, we covered all at Paleo FX. I primarily myself eat what would be considered a uh, Mediterranean keto diet. That's what works for me, right? Just by trial and error, and uh, some other genetic testing that I've done. That here's a big irony: the two people who created Paleo FX. Happen to carry an allele, APO34 allele, that predisposes them to have trouble with saturated fat, too much saturated fat in their mm. diet. Isn't that interesting? So, are we, are, right? we ta- are we talking about Lauren and his uh, predecessor that I've had on the show, and I can't think of his name now? Uh, Cordain. Lauren Cordain, but who? But who did he learn from? Uh, Boyd Eaton. Boyd and, Eaton, uh, who's been on the yep. show. So, both right. of those guys had that allele. I don't know if they did. I oh. don't know if they if they had that allele. Okay. No, this is a small percentage of the population that oh, has okay. it. Okay. And, the, and the, the problem with that this particular allele is our biochemistry does not handle large amounts of saturated fat well. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the ramifications of that is you can have a uh, 
we are already at a higher incidence level of uh, Alzheimer's, uh, Parkinson's, and those kinds of cognitive uh, diseases. In my own personal case, laid on top of that, I played football um, all the way through college, and in the off season, I kickboxed. So, so you I, got so basically you got your bell rung a lot. <laughs> I got my bell rung a lot. So <clears throat> I really have to watch my diet. Now, this is a small percentage of the population. For everybody else, saturated fat. Now, now imagine, part. now imagine if you're one of these people who mindlessly goes into right. keto. You're like, right. oh, keto, 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 keto's the best, keto's this. And you do the whole keto thing. You're eating 90% of your calories from saturated fats. Right. You're basically destroying yourself. Right. And so the idea is we teach people at PaleoFX to be critical thinkers, yes. right? I understand for most people, saturated fats are not an issue for most people. Now I have to look through the lens of me. Is it good for me? Well, you know, I have I have things I can look at. I can look at, uh, you know, my genetic predisposition. That might be something really good to look at. And when I did that, oh, by the way, in fact, Michelle was the first one who went through this testing with Dr. Dan Stickler, who you should have on your show, Carl. I don't know if you've had him on before. No, but I haven't. He, I haven't. He's phenomenal. And he's a world expert in peptides. You guys would have an awesome conversation. Right. But uh, she came home and she said, you'll never guess. <laughs> you will never guess what I was just told. And I kind of sat back. I was probably eating a pound of bacon or something at the time, kind of laughing at her. Well, you know, sucks for you. <laughs> I right. guess I'll, I guess. And then I went in about a week following same thing. And Dan is like, I don't know what the odds are of <laughs> two of people couple. meeting up. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, he's like, wow. But yeah, you've got, you've got the same allele and it's a small percentage of the population, but but this is all thing. This is critical thinking, which is also part of being sucked into the human zoo. Is we have been drubbed out of us because we are born natural critical thinkers. We yeah. But the other thing is, and Randy Roach and I talked about this, but we have lost our instincts. So our instincts yes. have literally been bred out of us. We have to turn right. to a book on how to raise right. children. We have to turn to uh, someone to tell us how to eat. So And so we have no instinctive, uh, when it comes to, do I mean, look, wild dogs, no no farmer has ever stepped out his back door and said, man, those wild dogs ate all the corn again last night. Because right. wild dogs aren't eating corn. But once you domesticate them, they're eating corn. So, right. you know, and, we, and, and do domesticated dogs have the same diseases that humans have, diabetes and cancer. Number one killer now is cancer of golden retrievers and Labrador retrievers. And so we don't have the instincts on what to eat anymore. And on top of that, we have people in these silos telling us this is the only way to eat. And when people start talking like that, Keith, I literally walk away because right. you don't know anything about me. You don't know. Forget about my genetics, but the influences of the origin of the, my diet from 500 years ago in Italy. Like, you don't even know what foods were available to me. How can you make right. such a broad statement like, no, you should be eating this way? Right. About the only thing we can say broadly is that sugar is good for nobody. Yeah, I agree. Right? And and highly processed, refined carbohydrates are good for nobody. In fact, I did a show probably seven years ago on the effects on the microbiome from eating acellular carbohydrates. What are acellular carbohydrates? Any flour. Whether it's tapioca flour, wheat flour, rice flour, once it's turned into a flour, the digestion process happens all in the gut and small intestine. 
and it feeds bad bugs. So if you're eating flour-based foods, we're talking about highly refined, it's destroying you. And I don't care. Well, it's not wheat. It's there's no gluten. It's it's tapioca. Dude, it's flour-based. Don't eat it. Right. Right. There's there's an interesting study that came out, and I can't remember the guy's name right now that, that presented it. Um, but in essence, he was studying rats. And rats, um, it, 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 initially, the study had nothing to do with diet, right? But they had, they had these uh, different rats separated out into different groups. And the rats were supposed to eat the same thing, right? And in fact, they were eating the same thing. But some of the rats got kibble. Some of the, the rats got different types of food, and some of the rats got a, a pulverized, powderized version of the same thing, right. but it was powderized and pulverized. Right. Acellular. That, That's called acellular. Right. And that group that got that type of meal, even though it was the same type as all the other rats, showed diabetes and obesity, and they could not figure out why. They're like, the food is the same. And so they kept backtracking, kept backtracking. Kept, are you sure the food's the same? Yes. Look at the, the content, the nutrient profile, everything. And they're scratching their heads and they're going, well, what's different? And they finally came, oh, that's powderized. Is that what it is? It's powderized so that so their digestive systems don't have to break anything down. It's not a natural process for them. It's immediately absorbed in the gut, yada, yada, yada. Yes, it makes a huge difference. So I have another word I'm going to throw at you, but people are going to have to wait to uh, after the break to hear your response, and this might be a lightning rod, but it's carnivore. Uh-huh. Ah, so now uh-huh. we're going to talk about that when we come back. How's that sound? All right. Go to, pa- go to paleofx.com, use the coupon code SUPERHUMANRADIO30, save 30% off any badge, and we will be there. Elise and I will be there, and we will see people. I promise you. I want to go to Austin anyway. I like Austin. It's a fun city. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and have type 2 diabetes, $500,000 of term insurance should only cost about 100 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-352-9239. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. If you want affordable term life for you, call Big Lou at 800-352-9239. Lou is one of you, and will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call Term Provider at 800-352-9239. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Call Term Provider, speak with Big Lou, and save on term life. Call 800-352-9239. 800-352-9239. Quest Nutrition makes bars, cookies, chips, and pizzas out of complete dairy-based proteins. Our products minimize net carbs and sugar without sacrificing taste. Each delicious chocolate-flavored chip, cookie chunk, and crunchy crumble is custom-made to maintain Quest macros. It's time to enjoy foods that work for you, not against you. It's time to enjoy your Quest. Men and women, you've heard about hormone optimization. Do you feel like it's something you want to look into? RenewLifeRx.com is the place to start. Their doctors can help you with the solutions. RenewLifeRx.com has a simple process for lab work, consultation, and taking a deep dive into where your hormone levels can be improved. Superhuman Radio listeners get 30% off your 
initial lab work and consultation. Go to RenewLifeRx.com to schedule your no-obligation phone consultation today. Feel younger, get in better shape, and be more productive at RenewLifeRx.com. Hey, this is Carl. For 14 years, you've heard me talk about Can-See Eye Drops, and they being the reason that I do not need reading glasses at now 61 years old. But I regularly get emails and messages from people who've been using Can-See and having some amazing results. Recently, I got an email from a fellow named Chad, who, because he was on dexamethasone eye drops for over six months, developed a cataract. Can-See Eye Drops actually reduced my cataract to the point where even my doctor has a hard time finding it. I will never stop using Can-See Eye Drops twice a day. I've been using them since 2008, he says. And you should be too. There is no better way to keep your eyes healthy and seeing clearly than can see eye drops. Go to wisechoicemedicine.com today and get on board and we will both be looking into the future with very clear vision. New Mass Pro Synthogen X2 just upped its own legendary game. To distance itself even further from the rest of the pack, Synthogen X2 now has double the key active ingredients. If you've ever wondered what steroid-like recovery feels like, Synthogen X2 delivers. See why others compare it favorably to powerful bodybuilding drugs at Synthogen.com. Mass Pro Synthogen. When you train with it, you'll gain with it. You've heard me talk about the chill pill on the show and how effective it is at helping people who suffer from social anxiety or sometimes when you just want to take the edge off uh, to a long, stressful day. Well, listen to this story from Dylan Goutreau. Definitely takes anxiety away, which I have a long history of. Having started out at two milligrams a day of Xanax, that was at eight years old, and so I stopped using benzos three years ago. Extremely difficult. Yeah, so I spent about three years trying to find anything and everything I could that would be healthy for me um, to help with anxiety. Because I'm talking, you know, full bull out panic attack. The the chill pill was the first thing that I've found that actually, in the middle of a panic attack, I can take, and it definitely uh, subsides. Go to drseeds.com. That's D. R-S-E-E-D-S.com. Use coupon code SHR and save 20% off your first bottle of the chill pill. Check it out. I promise this is one supplement that delivers. Listen strong. It's Superhuman Radio. Welcome back. We're talking with Keith Norris from Paleo FX. Changing the world one person at a time. And uh, when we went into the break... I asked a uh, lightning rod of a question. What Keith thinks of uh, carnivore diet? Exclusively meat, only meat, nothing else but meat. What do you think? Yeah, so here's, here's what I've seen, Carl, in practice. I have seen people go vegetarian and seen profound life changes, right? Their, their health improves and they feel better and they do great. I have seen people go on the carnivore diet, same thing. Same their thing. health now, here's the thing. Initially, why is that? I would say it's because they've removed all the crap out of their diet. And that they, is that the, what you just said just now is something that is really lost right. on people. It's not what you're eating, it's what you're no longer eating. Right. Right. Now that's what I see initially. Now, everyone that I have known personally who has gone vegan, vegetarian, has initially has eventually come into some kind of health issue, right? Yep. Because I mean, it's just not a sustainable diet from a human perspective. 
right? And there's there's lots of, I mean, we can go into optimal foraging theory. We can talk about just B12, for instance, that's, that's missing in that diet. On the flip side, I have seen people be carnivore for long periods of time and maintain their health. Are they optimized versus another diet? So yeah, I'm, I'm going I'm to make a prediction. I'm actually doing, I'm, I'm preparing to do a show with Joel Green. Mm-hmm. So iron overload is a big problem in our country, and it's written off as, oh, I'm just getting older. Um, I have a small group of what I consider a mastermind group in this area, and we all started to donate blood, and we started to keep our iron levels low and people's symptoms of neuropathy, uh, of aches and pains, degeneration of chondrocytes and joints, um, changes in skin quality and rashes, they start to go away when they get phlebotomized regularly and focus on getting not just ferritin down, because ferritin is is not the answer. Um, If you take 1,000 milligrams of vitamin C a day for five months or even really for five weeks, your ferritin levels will go through the roof because ferritin is a a protein, a chaperone protein produced to help shuttle and bind iron in the blood. But total... Uh, uh, total uh, iron in the blood, TIBC, and saturation level of ferritin needs to be looked at in order to really see what iron is doing in the body. And I'm saying this. I just said I just texted Mark Bell this this morning. He's coming on the show on the 26th to talk about kratom as a pre workout. Mm-hmm. And so, here's what I will say to those of you who want to be carnivore forever. We were not, from an evolutionary perspective, we did not eat meat day in and day out for for the entire life. I just asked Joel Green to find me some research that shows anything, maybe on the Nuiji or one of these uh, hunter-gatherer populations that are still intact. Uh, Is there any evidence of, A, iron overload or accumulation? And is there anything unique about the hunter-gatherer lifestyle that may mitigate the ability for iron to build up in the body because there may be we know that joggers runners right they become anemic no matter how much iron they consume so there's a there's this theory that internal organs bouncing up and down rupture red blood cells the spleen gets it out it gets the iron out with it there's also a foot strike they're saying well the foot strike bursts red blood cells and the spleen does the same thing is there anything unique about hunter gatherers i'm even looking for a nutritionist that i emailed this morning and said is there any evidence that eating raw beef versus cooked beef, does the cooked beef provide more absorption of hemi-iron that maybe raw beef doesn't? Because I'm trying to figure this out. This is a, this is a, a, a conundrum of modernity. But I will say this to anybody who's going strict carnivore. Please go to the Red Cross, help other people donate blood every two months. Because here's the, this, the bad part about iron overload. The symptoms don't show up for a long time, but they're not reversible uh, easily once they show up. They, right. they hurt. They, they affect sleep. They affect the microbiome. Iron, I, when you do the deep dive on iron, you literally walk away going, oh, shit. That's why we age the way we do. Uh, listen to the, wait, wait, wait. One, one, one more thing. Everybody's all the rage about senescent cells, right? That's the new thing. Rapamycin destroys it. Do you know that senescent cells accumulate three to five times more iron than quiescent cells? Now, I asked Dr. Blagosglony, is the iron causing 
the senescence or do senescent cells just bioaccumulate everything else that they can? He doesn't know. My bet is that one of the contributors to a cell becoming senescent and dysfunctional is the high amount of iron that it absorbs. And I'll just leave it at that. Right. And I, I agree with you on all those points. Um, it, it's interesting that – so there's a couple points I, I'd like to make. Number one, I happen to be reading a book right now. It's called uh, Summer Moon. It, it's an excellent book. If anybody is in any way interested in the American – write another one down. The, the, um, the, uh, Summer uh, Moon? Summer Moon, right? Okay. And this is about the Comanches in the, in the Great Plains. They were the shiz Indians in the Great Plains, right? right? Nobody met. They were expert horsemen. They were, they were excellent athletes on, horsemen, uh, on horses, equestrians. They were the only American Indian tribe that actually fought from horseback, it actually in, within the battle. Most tribes rode horses into battle. Stake the horses out right. like got it. Not the not the Comanches. They rode into battle. They were amazing. What did they subsist off of? Buffalo. Mm-hmm. They followed the buffalo herds. It was everything about the buffalo. They ate it head to tail. Uh, kept the hides. Yada yada yada. Now we don't know exactly. I mean, from anecdotal tales, you would think all they ate was buffalo, and they were nomadic. They followed the herds. So you know, maybe ninety five percent of their diet was in fact meat. Fat, internal organs, all of these other. Do things. we know what their uh, lifespan was? Do we know anything about their lifespan? How long they? Yeah, to- but they. So this is the other thing you have to look at too: lifespan, right? Were there old Indians? Right? Yes, but how many did they lose in childbirth? How many did they lose in yeah. warfare? Because they were a warfaring. Yeah, it's a hard. It's hard uh, to tease that out. Yeah, right. So there's so there's that too. Now, uh, was there something genetic within the within the Comanches that allowed them to? to take in all this meat and to it wasn't like they were sedentary. I mean, they were moving with the herd. They followed the, the herds of Buffalo. Right. They rode all day. They worked all day. They moved all day. And you can better believe if they were in battle as much as they were, they bled quite a bit too. Um, so that, so I just throw that out there. The other thing, I don't know if you've ever had Michaela Peterson on your show. No, I have not. So she's super, super interesting story. And I'll try to wrap it up really, really quick. Um, Michaela Peterson is Jordan Peterson's daughter. Oh, yeah. He just got sick, I heard. I'm so sorry. I hope he's doing better. Right. So when she she was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis at like three years old, you know, she she never walked properly as an infant and she had this weird gait and yeah, you'll have to have her on the show to tell her that her full story is just heartbreaking of what she went through as a youth. Um, Chronic inflammation, the doctors couldn't figure it out. They had no idea what was wrong with her. Uh, flash forward, she went off. Uh, she missed a year of a year or two of high school. Um, was depressed, just just having a hell of a time. Um, she went off to university, and things got worse, right? Because she did the university thing. Hey, I'm away from home and start drinking and partying, yada yada yada. Her health took a dive. She got to the point of suicide, and thought, I have one of two choices: I can figure this out, or I'm going to take myself out. I can't continue to live like this. Some through some act of the universe, whatever she heard about gluten, she had no idea what gluten was. And she thought, you know, she looked at the health ramifications and she thought, Hey, maybe if I cut gluten out of my diet, maybe that might help. She's grasping for straws at this point. Well, in fact she did. And she felt better, but not all the way better. So she thought, well, maybe I'll eliminate something else. And she just went through this laundry list of elimination, elimination, elimination. She ended up eating only red meat and felt spectacular. All of her symptoms cleared. She went off of all her medications, all the everything, right? 
now she's, I don't know how many years into this now she was told she can never conceive. She now has a lovely baby daughter. Um, she looks great. She has zero symptoms anymore. She eats only meat and only red meat specifically. And, and she will tell you this, that diet works for me with my conditions. And if she's still menstruating, she's actually protected. Right, right. Exactly. That's the other, that's another right. point. Right. And she says this diet works for me. And it's not like I don't want to reintroduce foods into my, she, she said, she I would can't. Want yeah, she can't. She, she, said, I can't. Just can't. she said, I'm whatever she is, 26, 27 years old. She said, I would love to go out with my friends. And have, and a that, yeah, right, have a and pizza. Yeah. Have a pizza. That person right. who has to order just a ribeye and nothing else. And oh, by the way, you have to watch the way you cook. You can't cross contaminate. Yada, yada, yada. She's like, I'm that person that I have to be that person. I would love to just go to a restaurant. So, so in, interesting fact about uh, uh, iron overload in women. Uh, menstruating women don't have iron overload issues until postmenopause. They stop bleeding. Right. right. So it would make sense that if you looked at menstruating women, non-menstruating women, in the middle, we should see something that points to iron in those who take birth control. Because mm-hmm. most birth control pills... Uh, you eliminate your menstrual cycle for a number of times a year, but not all of them, and or you just bleed less. Right. So you would say, well, if this is true about iron, then menstruating women are protected, postmenopausal women are not. So those who take certain types of birth control should be in the middle. They are. Right. They are. Right. So so the, the, the you know. We are not paying attention to iron. It's not sexy. Right. It's not sexy at all. But I'm telling you that if you're on the carnivore diet, I would say just donate blood every two months. If I'm a, maybe I'm an idiot and maybe you're not doing anything good for yourself, but you're doing something good for somebody who gets your blood. Just do it every two months because once that iron accumulates in your body, there is iron in my body from the hamburger I had when I was 13 years old. That's a very sobering thought. Right. Yep. That's and I totally agree with you on that point. I want to ask you one I want to ask you one more lightning rod question and then we're going to we're going to end the interview, okay? Sounds good. Where do you stand on a G5 cellular? Wow, that's a that's a crazy top. I will say this. You know, it was uh, in the 40s we didn't know a whole lot about radiation. <laughs> right? We we had the idea that if you can't see it it can't hurt you. I think we know a lot better now. I would say the same thing with that type of energy, right? I, 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 and I think this too. I think some people are much like, like a lot of things. Some people are much more sensitive to it than others. And that might be because their systems are already overloaded with 10,000 other things, right? And, 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 that and, and, and it also that. could be because of the iron content of your body because you become more of an antenna, but go ahead. I don't want to get back yes. to that. Good. I was going to wrap around to that. Yeah. Guess what's a great carrier for, yeah. Um, you turn into an antenna. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do from everything that I've taken in. And again, I'm a critical thinker, right? I, I try not to put on the tinfoil hat too early, but I think that is a high powerful, high powered energy that we don't know a whole lot about how it affects the body. I will say it's got to affect us on a cellular level somehow. And for some people, I think it affects them negatively. And I think those people who, who uh, claim to be affected by it, I, I mean, if you look at people who live near 
those towers, right? There's a higher incidence of cancer. Leukemia. Yeah. Yes. You can't ignore that information, right? You can't, there's a correlation there, right? And maybe it's a, maybe it's a time distance correlation. I don't know. Maybe for someone who lives uh, far away from a tower and is only a, so to speak, a consumer of that, you know, maybe that's a different story. Maybe that's not as detrimental. I don't know. But uh, I would say I would shy from it until I'd know more. Yeah. And I definitely would not live near a tower. That, yeah. That's the one thing I do know. So, so I'll, I'll, I'll leave this last little tidbit for the critical thinkers out there. So I used to be in the land mobile radio business. I was actually in IMTS mobile telephone. And back in the day, Motorola introduced trunking radios. These were 900 megahertz radios that used multi-channels. Because back in the old day, your repeater, if it had 30 people on it and somebody was talking, you can't talk. It was busy. So Motorola came out with trunking where they could actually put one transmitter up that had a tone on it. So that's where your, your, your two-way radio parked. Then when you hit the push to talk, it looked for an empty channel, and it transferred you to that empty channel, and your, your, your message went out, and it hit that guy's phone. His phone transferred to that channel. You guys talk. No waiting for someone to hang up. And the, the introduction of trunking is what gave rise to cellular telephones. Because once they had this for two-way radios, they're like, oh, we can do this with mobile phones. We can put thousands and thousands of people on a single system instead of 60 people on one channel. So... When Motorola introduced trunking radios, there was something interesting about them. The antenna was about this long. Now, keep in mind, the quarter wavelength is what drives antenna size. So one quarter of the wavelength was this big. But they had this big coaxial math, uh, mast, right? And I talked to an engineer at the Land Mobile radio show when trunking first came out. And I said, why is this antenna on this mast? And he said, well, we've done some studies, and it could contribute to the f- formation of, of cataracts. So we don't want the two-way radio radiating directly into your face. So we put it on this 14-inch mast, so it's radiating up here. Enter cellular telephones, and the antenna's built right into the thing, and it's radiating right into your face all the time while you're on it. Right. So, uh, you know, whether or not you, – and you said something earlier that I want to close on. Creature comforts are something that we are driven to want. Oh, it's status. You know, oh, I've got the latest. But creature comforts aren't always good for the creature that's using them. That's absolutely true. And you said that at the beginning of the show. Absolutely true. Um, Keith, it's great having you on the show. We need to do this more often. The website is paleofx.com. The coupon code is superhumanradio thirty. To save a whopping 30% off, even the low price one, the $150 ticket, you'll save 30% off by using that. And uh, Elisa and I will be there. Uh, we're going to be there this year. I've missed it too long. And I want to be around all these people. They've been on, the, all of them have been on, well, most of them have been on my show over the years. So it gives me a chance to hang out with them. I'm telling you, Carl, it's the best networking experience you'll ever have, rubbing elbows with these people. And you'll flesh out your show for the For the the rest of the year. Right, for the rest of the year. I'll have everything already lined up. Keith, thank you for being on the show. Please send my love to Michelle. I will. Uh, hope her ankle, is it her ankle that she broke or? It's her ankle, yeah. 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 That's a a touchy one. There's a lot of of, uh, fragile things going on in the ankle. Right. I hope she recovers to 100%, and we'll see you in April. All right. Take care. And we'll see everybody Monday. There's no show tomorrow. I'm off. Thank you for listening and watching today. And please share the shows uh, and become part of the movement to save more people in this country. Thank you. Thank you.